with both teams having high expectations coming into the season, will the Seahawks be able to bounce back in a tough road game against the Lions? We're going to be breaking it all down on our latest Crossover Thursday on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Seahawks. Your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Right, here we go, everybody. Matt Derry and Corbin Smith with you on the Thursday edition of Locked On Lions and Locked On Seahawks. It's the Thursday crossover. And of course, the Thursday crossover always brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Follow Corbin on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. Me at Derry Speaks. Watch us both on our Locked On Lions and Locked On Seahawks YouTube channels, and please subscribe. Corbin, uh, good to see you, my brother. It seems like, like you said off mic, it seems like every year now the Lions and Seahawks are playing each other. Back-to-back years in Detroit. Don't think what we saw last year is going to happen this year, but you never know, right? Yeah, you know, I I don't think we're going to see a mid-40s for both teams scoreboard. I wouldn't be surprised if there's in the 30s for both teams. I just don't think it's going to be quite – to the level that it was last year. But as, as you and I both know, probably the predictable week in the NFL behind week one. So anything could happen in these games. And I don't think anybody thought that many points were going to be put on the board last year when these two teams got together. So no, no question about it. And it was a great year last year for both teams. Great for the Lions that they made that big jump, certainly with the, with the Seahawks and what they ended up doing at the end of the year. And uh, it was pretty incredible. All right. What's going on in Seattle? Give us a top storyline. I'll give you mine, but you start us off. What's the big storyline? Is it the tackle situation? Yeah, I don't think there's anywhere else that I can go with this. When you look at what's going on in Seattle right now and what happened the second half against the Rams last week, that was truly, I mean, sometimes it's a cliche when you hear a tale of two games. That was truly a tale of two games because Seattle should have scored every one of their four drives that they had in the first half. Jason Myers ended up clanking a field goal off the right upright on their last drive before half, but they should have been up 16 to seven going into halftime. Geno Smith was completing over 70% of his passes. Ken Walker, the third was averaging almost six yards per carry out of the backfield. So they were really clicking on all cylinders other than they just didn't finish drives. And then the second half, both their tackles go down and it's looking like we know they will not have Abe Lucas. He's now on injured reserve. So he's out for the next four games. Jake Curhan could be playing for him. And then also Charles Cross, he's got a sprained toe, big toe. And everything I'm hearing is they're thinking he might miss at least a couple games. So the chance of him being available this weekend is looking pretty slim too. So both of their starting tackles out. We got to see what that looks like last week in that second half when Seattle had 12 that is not a mistype. That is 12 yards in the entire second half. Their lowest total yardage in a half offensively in over 30 years. And with all the talent they have at the skill positions, it doesn't matter if you can't protect your quarterback or open up lanes for your running back. And they just could not do it. I mean, Geno Smith was getting the snap, and there's five Rams in his face. The Rams smartly decided to blitz more in the second half. Why not? Take advantage of the fact you got two tackles that – are on an island, and the drop-off from the starters to Stone Forsyth and Jay Curhan is about as steep as any position group on Seattle's roster, hence why they signed a 41-year-old Jason Peters who has 
not played at all in training camp or the preseason or whatever, because that's where they stand right now in their confidence in the tackles they have right now. Real fast, and then I'll give you mine, but uh, was just the reason why Atwell and Nakua had such big games because they just the Seahawks' defense was on the field the whole half? Is that a lot of that? That and the fact Seattle's offense did nothing in the second half, but uh, the defense was awful, and mm. they gave up nine of their first 12 third downs. Several of them were more than 10 yards, too, so I, I know that Clint Hurt and Pete Carroll were really frustrated about that and the ability to not get any pressure on Matthew Stafford either. They couldn't pressure the quarterback, and they couldn't protect their quarterback in the second half of that game, and that's why everything unraveled at the seams when they had played pretty well in the first two quarters. Storyline here for, for the Locked On Seahawks fans that are listening about the Lions, it's simple. I mean, this town is going absolutely berserk. Uh, I know Steve there will asked. be a, a <laughs> lot of people coming in uh, this weekend for the Washington game. I know our buddy Softy is going to be there for UW and MSU and for the Seahawks and Lions, so that should be interesting. But Ford Field is going to be rocking. It's going to be an environment and atmosphere. Really, that is the top storyline because I just think you get the two tackles out, you got you know, Geno Smith and a, a struggling Seattle offense, at least in the second half, like you said last week, you know, Lion fans remember what happened last year, not stopping the Seahawks once, no punts, nothing. And I just think that the crowd and the environment, I mean, this town is going nuts. They cannot believe how likable this team is. They're excited for, you know, the win over Kansas City. They think we're, they're going to win the division. They saw last week what the NFC North looked like with how bad the Bears were, how bad the Vikings were. Green Bay was good. But again, they were playing the Bears. So they're licking their chops. So the environment, uh, Corbin and Ford Field, it's like it's not going to be the 12s or anything like that, which you know is one of the best there is. But it's it's going to be pretty crazy in there. And I'm assuming that Geno and that Seattle offense, they've been they've been working on uh, having to go up against a, a loud crowd and a defense, too, that all of a sudden is is reborn a little bit after last year where they couldn't stop anybody. Yeah, I'm really, you know, this is one of those weird crossovers, Matt, because as just a fan of the game of football, I have loved what Dan Campbell has been building there in Detroit. And I remember yep. mentioning this last year when he had a crossover that I just thought they were a year away from really being a threat. And here we are. And I absolutely think that this team can be a dark horse to make a very deep run in this wide open NFC. I Love the physicality. I love the fact that this team truly has taken that bite off kneecaps approach. And <laughs> I'm kind of an old school football guy. Like sure. I love the fact that they play a lot more two back sets than most teams. I love the fact that they run power more than most teams and say, we're going to be physical. We're going to run the ball downhill at you. And they implement the play action as well as any team in football. So there's a traditional style offense with modern flair and you've got the physicality, the defense, it seems like they've really sharpened things up. So uh, for me, being just a football fan, I am really excited about this game because I still think Seattle is going to be a good football team. This is not the start they anticipated, but I, I still think this is a team that can win double-digit games this year. And I think Detroit definitely can do that too. So this is a very fun early season test for both teams, and, and I'm excited to continue talking about it. One other storyline kind of on the field, because I told you off and just sort of with the fans, but but this Jameer Gibbs situation, uh, the rookie, every time he touched the football last Thursday night was electric. Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, I think were giving him the first game to just kind of get his feet wet. And there were plenty of rookies that played on this team, uh, Brian Branch and, and Jack Campbell um, and others. So, um, you know, I, I think that watch for that. If you're, the, if you're a Seahawks fan, 
watch for Jameer Gibbs to be involved all over the field, uh, in the slot, in the backfield, out wide. Um, he will get more action as this uh, as the season goes on. But I think week one, they kind of were hiding him a little bit. Don't think that's going to happen this Sunday. Well, if you listen to Pete Carroll, I don't think there's any hiding going on. I mean, Pete Carroll has been gushing about Jameer Gibbs all yeah. week. Monday, he doesn't normally talk about the other team. And he made sure to mention, well, he basically was saying they shouldn't have drafted him because we don't want to play against it. So they've taken notice. They know who Jameer Gibbs is. I love it. I love it. All right, we come back. Uh, Corbin and I will talk a little about some matchups and what we're looking at, certainly uh, for this weekend, Lions and Seahawks. It's the Thursday crossover. First, though, we got to tell you about our friends at Jace Medical. We told you yesterday, everybody should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers what they call the Jace case, J-A-S-E. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical, make sure you have the meds in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy, a medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. So don't get caught unprepared Save more than 360 bucks by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout. That's at Jace Medical, J-A-S-E medical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKDOWN. I'm Matt Derry, Locked On Lions. Corbin Smith, Locked On Seahawks. Seattle coming into Ford Field, second time in two years. Remember last year, both teams putting up 40 points, but the Seahawks prevailed. Lions never stopped Seattle. Corbin, uh, what matchup stands out to you? What are you looking to uh, keep an eye on on Sunday? There's two that jump out, and they're both for the Seahawks on defense because I feel like this is where the game is going to be won or lost for Seattle. I, I still have confidence, even with the tackles being out, that they're going to find ways to score points, unlike last week. They're going to have the whole week to game plan without those tackles. So I think they're going to find ways to be able to move the ball some and get some points on the board. But can you slow down Detroit's offense? Because last year didn't even have Mamonre St. Brown, and they ran up and down the field 40-plus points. You know that that had to leave a really bad taste in Pete Carroll's mouth, being the defensive coach that he is. So I think going into this game, the one that I am most excited about on either side of the ball you mentioned Jameer Gibbs. Seattle is finally barring a unforeseen setback here. They're finally going to have their number five overall pick, Devin Witherspoon, on the field in game action. And when he was out there on the practice field in August, it was only for about a week. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury. But that week, I was waiting for the coaching staff to just be like, Devin, you need to calm down a little bit because this wow. dude was just popping guys on the field. He was just as advertised making plays on the football, playing in the slot, playing in the outside. I expect that he's going to be playing that nickel position in this game because he truly is a defensive weapon and he can blitz, he can stop the run. But I'm really excited to see him against Amonre St. Brown because St. Brown had a great first game last week. He didn't play in this matchup last year, right. but when yeah. Seattle saw him his rookie year in Seattle, I think he had 800 yards in that game. I mean, he <laughs> was the entire Detroit Lions offense that game. So – that, to me, is a get-your-popcorn-ready matchup. Seeing Devin Witherspoon, who I think has a chance to live up to the billing of a top-five pick, he is a special talent. He's just been banged up a little bit, but he's healthy now. I can't wait to see him out there, but what a first test that's going to be going against one of the rising young star receivers in the league and Amandre St. Brown. 
And the other matchup that's notable for me when Seattle is on offense, Jake Curhan at right tackle replacing Abraham Lucas. I really, that frightens me going against Aiden Hutchinson. And, yep. and this is not a knock on Jake Curhan. I think he is a solid backup lineman. He's played some guard for him in games too, but where he struggles is when he has to face off against elite athletes and guys that have the ability to win upfield. And Hutchinson, that's obviously part of his game, a big part of his game. So that to me is the matchup. Can Seattle find a way to give help for Jake Curhan? Or are they going to put him on an island like they did in the second half last week? Seeing how that worked, I'm hoping the coaching staff says, well, let's get a tight end over there to try to help out against Aiden Hudson. Let's have a running back chip. We got the receivers. We can have less guys go out and do some damage. But we got to make sure our quarterback has time to throw. If Jake Curhan is not able to allow that to happen and they put him in a position where he isn't helped, that could be absolutely destructive to Seattle's offense. I mean, obviously, I was thinking the same way you were. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson lined up so much. Uh, you know, last year he was all over the field, uh, left side, right side. Mostly this this past Thursday night, he was going up against Taylor on that uh, on that Kansas City right side, the left defensive end. So obviously, like you said, with Curhan, it would be a no brainer for Hutchinson to be there. What's interesting is PFF, who usually likes Aiden, didn't have he didn't give him the greatest of grades last Thursday. Whereas he was just disruptive. I know you watched the game. I mean, he was all all, all up in, in Mahomes' grill and uh, didn't get a ton of sacks per se, but was very disruptive. And, and it looks like he's got a new gear. So certainly the two tackles. And then on the other side with Charles Harris, uh, James Houston, uh, John Kaminsky, Josh Paschal, all of these guys kind of moving around that interior and exterior of the defensive line. Uh, that's going to be something to watch because they have to protect, like you said, Geno Smith or else it's going to be a long day. But I'll say this, the other matchup I I'm interested in, Geno can run and did so last year at Ford Field. This past Thursday night, the Lions had issues containing Patrick Mahomes. The linebackers that the Lions have now, it's the best group that they've had in years. Going back to probably Levy and Tulloch and, and that group. Now they feel good about Jack Campbell. They feel good about Derek Barnes. Alex Anzalone's a nice leader. But had some issues with the scrambling quarterbacks. Justin Fields got him last year in Chicago. They still won that game, but gained a ton of yards. Geno last year getting out of the pocket, making plays on third down. How many third down conversions with Geno with his legs and with his arm? So I want to see how the linebackers do. Throw Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in there. In there is kind of that hybrid. Can they contain Geno, who might be running for his life, like you said, Corbin, but if he gets past that first wave with Aiden and, and those guys, is he going to? Is he going to get three yards or four yards on a scramble or is he going to get 14 or 15? So that's something I definitely, uh, definitely will keep an eye on. Yeah. I, I think this is a game that they're going to have to game plan to get more bootlegs and roll out action in just to try to help Geno Smith get away from that pass rush. And looking back at that game last year, the success that they had, and they most of the time were not designed quarterback runs. It was just, nobody's open, big lane in front of me. And so I'm just curious to see if the Lions are going to be approaching this game coverage-wise the same. Where they they ran a lot of man coverage last year, right? If they do that again this year, I think the Seahawks that has to be part of their game plan. Hey, Gino, we don't want you to run necessarily, but this is a game where we think you're going to have some opportunities and anything to get first downs with the way they played in the second half last week. They just got to get their rhythm going. But that's always tough when you got two backup tackles in, especially when they're unproven guys that haven't played very much like Stone Forsythe and Jake Curran. 
I know it's not the Legion of Boom, but last week, like I said, Nakua and Atwell, it's not like it was Rice and Taylor back there. What was going on with the secondary? Was it just Seattle couldn't get a rush on, on Stafford, or was this, that was their breakdowns back there? Yes and yes. <laughs> yes to <laughs> all. Um, I actually went back and watched the film on every single third down conversion they gave up, which that was kind of a gouge your eyes out type process. But they had several times where they had multiple defenders end up in the same zone. So they had communication issues. They got crossed up on man coverage on one of Atwell's 40, his 44 yarder, uh, Trey Brown and Julian Love ran into each other, collided. Uh, so when you have stuff like that going on against a quarterback like Stafford, he's going to make you pay. A lot of assignment and communication issues that I think are correctable. And I'm sure they've been working on that stuff this week, but that was a problem and also the lack of pass rush. They just couldn't get after Matthew Stafford consistently. So some of it was on the secondary, but certainly the front line could help them out. And I do think getting Devin Witherspoon, as I mentioned back, a guy that has elite instincts and playmaking ability, uh, a guy that people in Michigan country probably know pretty well from his time right. at Illinois. Uh, he's a guy that I think could be a game changer back there for them after not meeting expectations last week. This should be a really good secondary. Pass rush could help them out, though. If they don't, Jared Goff, especially they're able to get the run game going. Uh, I have a feeling that this could get kind of ugly early. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, Puka Nakua is not Amon Ross St. Brown. And uh, St. Brown just kind of slithers his way and finds his way in those zones and in that area, in those areas. And I just was, when I was watching last week, it's like, right, if Nakua is doing this, what's Amon Ra going to do? So that, uh, that'll be something to watch, certainly, this coming Sunday. All right, what's it going to take for the Lions to win? What about the Hawks? What do they need to do to win? And also our predictions. We will uh, do that coming up next. We told you before about our friends at Prize Picks. It's, it's a lot of fun. It really is. And if you want to win money and have fun doing it, 25 times your money this football season, just select two or more players, pick more or less than their Prize Picks projected stats, Place your entry and win. All right. If you got the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps at prize picks. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, you submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. We talked about it, uh, you know, all weekend, last weekend. Look at what Baltimore is going to do with Odell Beckham Jr. Going to go for more than 50 yards this weekend. What about Josh Allen? You know, he wants to get off the schneid from last week. I'm going to take him to score, throw more than two passing touchdowns. Just do it at prizepicks.com. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use the code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. It's simple. It's fun. Go there now. prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use code NFL for that first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy with our buddies at prizepicks. Matt Derry, Corbin Smith, Locked On Lions and Locked On Seahawks. The Thursday crossover brought to you by Prize Picks. Last game, last year's game was a lot of fun. Unfortunately for the Lions, uh, they lost. Seahawks looked really, really good in that win. Corbin, uh, let's start with you. Uh, what do the Seahawks got to do to win this game uh, this weekend? I don't want to be Captain Cliche, but you got to just do better on third down. You you have got to make stops when you're on defense, and you got to be able to sustain drives. That is really what what really hindered them the entire second half last week. And as Pete Carroll was talking about that, it's a cycle when you can't move the ball and then you're quickly punting it over to the other team. And then you can't get off the field. You're getting third and eight, third and 10, and you still can't get stops. It is demoralizing each time you give up a first down in, in that instance. So 
I think Seattle's got to get to off to a good start on both sides of the ball in terms of moving the football to get extra sets of downs, allow them to establish that running game and limit the number of snaps the Lions can get. Because I think as physical as this Lions football team is, as well as they can run the ball, they've got two running backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield really well too. The weapons they've got on the outside, Jared Goff's proficiency in play action and not turning the football over. In order to combat that, you've got to find ways to limit the plays. Don't let uh, Ben Johnson get all the way into his playbook. Don't let them get all the way down their schedule sheet because once that happens, the run game is going to start opening up. Then play action feeds off of that. And then I have a feeling that this could be a game that gets away from them. So you've got to be able to stop the run on early downs, get the play action stops, get off the field in general. And on offense, just do your thing. Play your game and use the guys that you have. You're going to have to rely more on the short passing game, I think, because of the tackle situation. But find ways to move Geno out of the pocket, get him away from that pass rush a little bit, let him get comfortable in the flow of the game, run the football effectively. If there's one thing these backup tackles can do, I think especially for Jay Curhan, he is a solid run blocker. So play to the personnel that you have. And I think if they do those things, they have a chance. I'm not going to say they're going to win this game, but I think they have a much better chance just by default if they're able to get off the field quicker than they did last week. And for goodness sake, please get more than 12 yards and a half. That was really <laughs> rough to watch. I don't think they'll do that again uh, this week, uh, Corbin. Uh, for the Lions, I think it's pretty simple. Last week in Kansas City, you talk about a tough environment, only four penalties. I think they got to do the same thing this week. Like I said, it's going to get nasty. The crowd's going to be going crazy. You know, all these guys are going to want to pin their ears back and get after Gino. You're jumping off sides because you got the juice and, and the crowd and, and everything else. Uh, uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson wants the Lion fans to wear blue ski masks and get nasty. I mean, if you get involved in some of that and all of a sudden a, a cheap shot here, a 15-yarder here, like DK did last week, uh, uh, some jumping off sides, I, I think that that's when the game gets away from the Lions. I think composure, staying uh, aggressive but smart like they did last week with the only four penalties, that's how I think the Lions win. I just think le if they make less mistakes, not that they made a ton last week. And Jared Goff, the streak he's on right now, 359 consecutive passes without a pick. Uh, last year, the pick six with Wo uh, Woolen um, changed the game for the Seahawks. So taking care of the ball, kind of being smart. I think that's how the Lions win this game. Um, but I I'm with you. I, I think it's going to be a, a competitive game. And rarely do you see a Pete Carroll team after what happened last week come back and, and lay two stink bombs. I think it's going to be a close game again. Yeah, that would be my confidence is the guy on the sideline for the Seahawks that I anticipate that. Pete Carroll's looking at last week, hey, we didn't have the guys prepared enough. It's clearly evident. They're going to take that on as a coaching staff on their shoulders to make sure these guys are ready to play. And he has a long track record of being able to do that. And that's not to say they can't lose two games in a row, but they will. I expect they're going to look much crisper in this game. And for that reason, right now, according to our friends at FanDuel, it's a four-and-a-half-point spread with the Lions being the favorite uh, I would. I'm not going to give my score prediction till our Friday show, but I would say I'd say this, Matt, that I would go with the under on that because I think this is going to be a down of the wire game. I think it is going to be back and forth. I don't think you're going to see quite as many offensive fireworks as we saw when these teams played last year, but I could see in the upper 20s, low 30s. 
a very competitive game that maybe is decided by a late field goal. Or when these teams get together, weird things happen. Maybe it'll be something like a safety. But <laughs> I just think four and a half, I would actually go on the under on that with these two teams. What do you mean weird things happen? Like the KJ Wright play? Come on. <laughs> Lion fans are going to be so mad at me that I brought that up. The Calvin um, Johnson punch out. I mean, yeah, yeah. these teams have oh, yeah. weird things happen. When so they many weird things. Because the Lions, that, that Monday night game in Seattle, the Lions actually outplayed Seattle, which was crazy. But uh, I'll take the Lions. I, I, I see about a 34-27 game. I think Geno will escape. Uh, I do believe that those tackles are that's going to be tough for the Seahawks to overcome. But I, I do think that occasionally if Smith gets out, and, and rolls around, he'll, he'll have some success. But I think the Lions win. I, I think they're just playing really well. They're playing really smart. The roster, there's depth there. I mentioned this earlier in the week. Like Brian Branch, the rookie, played every snap. Tracy Walker, the incumbent safety, sat. Basically only played on special teams. They're rotating in three or four different linebackers, so they feel good about all the guys they have there. And like you said before, Ben Johnson and that bag of tricks, I think he, he held some things back on Thursday night in Kansas City for the national audience. I think he'll un unleash some things this week. So I'll take the Lions in about a seven-point game. Interesting that the spread, like you said, Corbin, started at five and a half and now is down to four and a half. I thought it would go up. Based Devin Witherspoon of effect. It must be. I mean, that's the only thing I think that's changed in the last day that would make it that yeah. the Seahawks are less of an underdog. Well, I'll say this. Taylor Decker probably isn't going to play at left tackle. He's been out all week. So Matt Nelson is a downgrade. It's similar to Cross and uh, – Lucas. So Taylor Decker's been, been a stud left tackle, just a solid guy. So Matt Nelson at left tackle. I'm not thrilled with it, but losing both tackles. I mean, if Sewell were to go out, knock on wood, it's like, it's a game changer, but I'll take the lions and uh, we'll see where this thing goes. Yeah. I think this is going to be a really fun game. And uh, again, I'll dish out my actual prediction on Friday show, but I'm just saying, I expect this to be less than a four and a half point spread whether the Seahawks or the Lions win. I think it is going to be a tight game, just like the one we saw last year. So get your ski masks ready, your popcorn <laughs> ready, whatever you're going to be. Uh, Seahawks fans, if you're going in with uh, your retro classic throwback uniforms or whatever you're wearing, uh, get fired up because I just have a feeling this is going to be one of the more fun games that's uh, on either team's schedule this season. Corbin, a pleasure. Uh, great to see you, and uh, we'll do it again soon, my man. Sounds good. There he is, Corbin Smith, locked on Seahawks at Corbin Smith NFL. Matt Derry with you, locked on Lions at Derry Speaks. It's been the Thursday crossover presented to you by our friends at Prize Picks.